Okay, we're recording, and now both microphones are have input. Okay, hi, I'm sure. My name's Quincy. My name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men. But keep your thumb away from that skip button. We're here to talk. And maybe scream. About our favorite women in musical theater. Hello and welcome to the first ever in-person co-hosting uh, Sentimental Men bonus episode. Quincy and I are looking at each other in the eyes right now. Oh. It is a magical, uh, rare experience yeah. in 2020. And I feel kind of bad because Kevin, <laughs> Kevin and I were just having a conversation as friends offline. And then I was like, oh, we should save this for the podcast. It is kind of funny. I have noticed that like sometimes I'll go to text you about something and then I'll be like, you know what? We're recording on Thursday. I'll tell them about it then. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know when you guys will be listening to this, but we just finished our Alphabet Power Hour, our first ever Alphabet Power Hour on Instagram. We did. Three like really like alphabas I'm I'm obsessed with. Yeah, really excited. And I say that as a Glinda gal. Like I love all three of their alphabas and it was so exciting to talk to all three of them like rapid fire like that. Um, okay, so the reason that we are doing this bonus episode, uh, last week we were talking to Emma Hunton and all of our notes that we like made about that episode were to talk to her about everything that happened between the end of I'm Not That Girl and the beginning of Defying Gravity and we skipped Sentimental Man. We we flat out forgot to talk about the namesake of our podcast. Which I Which, think is, if you think of the way we branded this podcast, guys, it's it so appropriate. Sense. It's so appropriate. And we decided to do a little bonus episode, Just Us Sentimental Men. Yes. And that's it. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if you wanted to, but I don't want to talk about actually a sentimental man. Well, actually, I guess... I know I just said I didn't want to talk about it, and I don't want to talk about it. But I guess Sentimental Man is an important song only because it comes back. It literally sets up a moment that we all see coming anyway. Because we, I don't know if I saw Well, it. you know what? Maybe I take it back. Because didn't... I think when the show opened, the wizard sang that I have another drink. But I think since then, they have had it. It's a track. And that's not all I want to talk about Sentimental Man. That's <laughs> it. I'm glad that... Every alphabet gets two and a half minutes to just like stand there and breathe before she goes into defying gravity. Other than that, I don't have much else. I don't have commentary to add. Yeah. I've never really like thought about the wizard as a character. Sure. But as a g- gay man gagging over this show, I, it's last on the list. I even prefer Wonderful to Sentimental Man. Actually, you know what? It's when, a little livelier. When I want to get into Wonderful, I can get into it. Like, if I'm like, I'm going to be present during this song and like pay attention to yeah. it, I can get into it. Because there's a little plot that happens. But a Sentimental Man, to me, as a song, feels like the bridge of a, 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 lar- a longer song. Well, it's actually like forced in just so we can have that moment at the end of the show. Yes, it's literally just for the echoey, who yeah. always long to be a father. No, literally. It, yeah. Well, look at us not wanting to talk about Sentimental Man and kind of dissecting it. When Kevin and I were uh, kind of coming up with this podcast and creating it, Sentimental Men was not the first name choice. It was not. Well, like, well, the main one originally was going to be called 
Not That Girl. Right. Originally, it was going to be called Not That Girl because we were like, we are obsessed with all of these Broadway icons, Broadway divas, but we are not that girl and we want to talk to the girl who is that girl. But then we were like, is it meaning to call these women girls? Is that like exclusive? Yeah, and I had a friend that was like, I think... You know, like, I think that's a little rude to call women girls and have them on. And I agree with that. Sure. Yeah. Um, but on that same day, in that group text, one of my friends who, I'm going to give credit to the three of them, Sarah, Katie, and Mark, were like, why don't you call it sentimental, a sentimental man? And I was like, oh! and that's, and then I texted Kevin, and I was like, what if we call it sentimental man? I think we ended on the right place. Agreed. There was a moment where we were going to call it Frank Analysis. Oh, that's right. That was the wrong move. That was the wrong move. It wouldn't have been right. I think I really think we landed in the right place. Not that girl now. I wouldn't have been it. Yeah. No, this is no, this is it. Guys, I'm happy with this podcast. I'm I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. So Quincy and I were just talking like between topics. We were talking about Stephanie J. Block surprise, Um, and we got to then talking about Sebastian Arcelis. I had a really cute moment with Sebastian Arcelis. Uh, I was working at City Center at the time, and I was at the Burger Gym. Stephanie J. Block was at Burger Gym at New York City Center. Yeah, that's tell me. <laughs> so at the opening night, I was working the like step in the beat where they were all taking pictures. And Stephanie went up to take pictures, and Sebastian came and like stood by me. And everyone else had been taking pictures with their like partner or spouse, whatever. And like Sebastian was standing by me, and I was like, "Why don't you like hey, get in, go get in the pictures?" And he looked at me, and he goes, "No, she needs to have her time." <gasps> and I was like. <laughs> what a king like, I was like you are such a great husband <laughs> amazing you know I don't know if I ever told have I ever told you my SJB Starbucks story no I don't think so okay I'm about to blow your mind happy bonus episode everybody okay so one day this would have been in like summer 2014 uh-huh. okay I was a junior in high school uh, <laughs> Before or after your junior year? Oh, after. Summer. After. So you were you were about to be a senior. That's less bad. (laughs) Um, Okay, so summer 2014. um, I had just finished doing nine to five with Stephanie Torrens. We're back at nine to five. five. It all comes back to nine to five. Summer 2014. I'm sitting in Starbucks with my friend Caitlin Willado, who had just done nine to five with me, and she and I were like partners through the whole show. We were partnered in the opening number, and the our cue to start moving in like a ripple effect was, I swear to you, I'm going to do it. And so, and we were both like, yeah, really, don't you love when Stephanie J does it? And we, yes, I fucking love when she does it, how she speaks it. So we were instant bond over Stephanie J block. So we're in Starbucks, the Starbucks on 8th Avenue on like 40, like 4th or 5th. Gotcha. Stephanie Jeanette block walks into this Starbucks. Did I talk to her? Absolutely not. So she walks in and Caitlin and I like grab each other. We're, we're like shook. Then she walks up. She ordered an iced tea. Then she sits down at like the window counter next to us. And we like, our conversation just comes to a stop. We're just, we're both just like chugging our drinks because we're like, this is happening. Then Sebastian walks up to the window, taps on it. And she gets all excited and goes outside she ran out and she gave him a big hug and it was so cute. And I was like, I love to see 
the these two people who I admire so much, I love to see them just like happy with each other. No, no. And that video of there, as long as you're mine. I want to talk to her about that. I want to honestly, and I want to talk to Adina about doing it with Tay. Um, so we asked you all on Instagram to let us know what we should talk about in this bonus episode, and we got kind of a lot of responses. We well. sure did. We have more. Okay. So why don't we run through these and we'll just do like... We should do rapid fire. <clears throat> yeah, like a minute of each one. Okay. So I'll start. Well, I'll just read them. Okay. Read them and we'll decide who answers. <sighs> okay, Kevin, I, you can start with this one. No one mourns the wicked Glinda's versus thank goodness Glinda's. First of all, do you think that's a thing? Like, because to me, I'm like, those songs are so different. It's hard to be like, to think of it in the same way that we think of like the Alphabas. I disagree. Because, okay, so in No One Mourns the Wicked, we are seeing Glinda after, um, like at her peak in her moment as a public figure right so we are seeing her used to the attention like in a contemporary sense like she's had the media training she knows how to talk to the people but in uh thank goodness we see her it's kind of her beginning of that journey and she's kind of testing the waters and we see her bringing her actual personal feelings into it in a way that she does not in no one mourns the wicked and so i do think they're very different and um I, I don't think that being a no one mourns versus thank goodness Glinda is more or less valid than the other. Um, but I do think that there is a, a, a clear distinction between the two. Okay, so who would be, in your opinion, <laughs> a no one mourns a wiki in front of who's a Thanksgiving? I know who your thank goodness Glinda is. Well, it's Megan Halsey. <laughs> I mean, Megan Hilty. Okay, so Megan Hilty was my first Glinda. I said she was still a standby. Her one short day dress was not the one short. Day. It was just like a yellow dress. Oh. I saw her like one of the first times she went on. I think because Glinda is like here. I am going on my Glinda soapbox. Yeah, what? It's literally me repeating points that you told me before. But the way that Glinda is written vocally requires a lot from an actress in a way that Alphabet doesn't. But like Glinda really has to like go from the top of the register to the bottom. To the bottom, yeah. So it's, I mean, it it's a hard sing in a very different way than Alphabet is a hard sing. I would say that like Megan Helsey is a thank goodness Glinda, and I would say that like a no one mourns the wicked Glinda. I'm gonna put Katie Rose Clark as a no one mourns the wicked Glinda, because she is somebody who has such a handle over the entire role. I would include her in my, in my like, in my like Hilti, Chenoweth, Mm -hmm. Laura Thompson, Kassenbaum category, Mm -hmm. Rose Clark. Can you imagine if we had Hilti? I would go into a state of shock. I love that for you. I love that. I just want to ask her about Bring on the vice says, don't care what the price says, I'll add the right spice. Sis, can you believe uh, the vowel choice? Yeah, why? Because she's perfect. She she didn't make a bad she didn't make a singular bad choice in the entirety of Smash. Uh, neither did she did <laughs> Neither did who? Because I have a list of donations that begs to differ. <gasps> That's good, that can say. Next one. So, 
is a fun one. Do you think, is that how you say it? Gelfie or Gelfie? Gelfie. Galinda. I know, but saying Gelfie sounds so wrong. Gelfie? Funny, Gelfie sounds wrong, but I say Gif. I say Jif, but I say Gelfie. So, backstory on this, I, I like, never really, like, heard that this was a thing in, like, the Wicked community, and then we posted a TikTok video of Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> You're a student at Chase University hearing Alphabet and Glinda fight, and what is this feeling? But that post got so many comments about, like, shipping Alphabet and Glinda together yeah. and Yelfie, and I was like, wait, has this been a thing? It's a thing. I remember being a wee young lad, less of a wee young lad than you were in 2004, but like, so, okay, so when Wicked came out, I was in middle school, so I was like old enough to be on the internet, but still like a child, you know what I mean? And so I remember being like on the Wicked message boards and things like that, and people like shipping Alphaba and Glinda. And as like a baby gay, I was like, you know what? I get it. I will say the pride ads, I'm not a fan of. It's the Photoshop job for me. Though. It's the Photoshop job for me. Better, yeah. It'd be cute. I definitely think that, and especially because like Wicked's origin story is that it's like horny Wizard of Oz fan fiction. So yeah. like Glinda X Alphaba is like a hundred percent a thing. And I get it. I, I get totally it. Get it. I especially get it as, like, an adolescent lesbian, like, watching my kids. Yes, you know? 100%. For sure. And especially, like, and then I think it's really interesting, the, like, element of that they're both, like, fighting for this this same <gasps> man, but who they really want is each other. I get it. I totally, totally get it. I never even thought of it that way. And I wonder, too, like, I wonder if there have been women in either role who have, like, worked that into their their uh interpretation next topic okay the next topic is someone just wrote in all caps edina and i i do think it's funny that like we haven't really brought up edina through the course of this but like obviously she's mother alphabet she is mother alphabet yes i love that i love calling her let us here on out call her mother alphabet sure because okay so if we're gonna do that then i have to say that i stole it from my friend jason who i think he's coming on the podcast at some point really yeah cute Adina is Mother Alphaba, and it, I think it's interesting because it's like, no matter what happens in this world, Adina Mazel will always be my first Alphaba. You know what I mean? And so it's like... And I will say, guys... It's just like, it's not even worth having a conversation about Adina. That's the because thing. she's she is the icon. That's... Fantastic. Um, <laughs> that's the thing, like... There's not much to say about Adina. Like, we get it. You know, like, right. we all are like, yes. She's canon. Like, exactly. And Adina is, like, is one of my personally favorite performers ever. I think she is just, like, there's something so thrilling about the way she performs that I will never get over. Yes. Yeah, Quincy yeah. and I became friends working together while Adina was doing a show at this company. At this company. Um, and so we were both, like, very much in the presence of Mother Alphaba yes. when we became friends. So was, like, she is... for our, like, you know, when you first meet someone, you know, like, what's going on? Right, it was helpful for our banter yeah, to, yeah, to, sure. to start. And it, she, I mean, Adina really did play as much a role in our friendship as Stephanie J. Block did. Yes, thank you for saying that. 
I'm happy to say it to you. Oh um, my god. So that, that's what we have to say about it. We love Adina. Adina, we would we, love for you to we would love podcast. Okay, so here's the thing too, is the initial idea for the, this is also a little bit of tea. The initial idea for this podcast is not what we are currently doing, and we are laying the groundwork for to execute what our actual idea was. And it would be an absolute thrill for us to include Adina in that idea. So if anyone listening has a connect, please. That's all we'll say for now. Um, And I feel like one of you has to like know a way that we can get to her. Okay. Okay, next question. This is funny. This is from our friend, Caroline. (laughs) Caroline, who was there that summer, that beautiful Adina drenched summer. Who witnessed our friendship blossom. Truly. Literally sat between it. (laughs) She gave two that I think are worth discussing. Okay. (laughs) The, in parentheses, cursed, glee covers of Defining (laughs) Gravity. Which, here's my issue with the glee covers of Defining Gravity. And it's actually just one major issue, and it's that it was given to Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but as a young tenor at that time, I was like, Fear. Is Kurt a tenor? Is that what you classify him as? Mm. Okay, so Glee tried to tell us that Kurt was like an alto, but Chris Colfer is a tenor. To be a tenor to me, you kind of have to be able to belt, and I don't think he's a belter. Is that like so crazy? No, I don't think that's crazy. But anyway, <laughs> so the, the, the cursed Glee covers... Of defying gravity are terrible. I mean, they're never did it for me. Even in the moment, I was no. like, no. And when you have Lee Michelle, you think you just make her actually belt it. That's what pissed me off, is that the arrangement made it such that neither of them had to belt. Because it was that weird, remember, it was like Chris yes. Colbert and Lee Michelle. Like, and they were doing the like the arrangement that Adina was doing in concert. At the time. That like acoustic she era she went through. More. She belts it God. I'm going to go on record and say that I don't understand the Matt Morrison hate. I just think that. I'm like, he's just a guy. He's just like, with like the whole Grinch thing, it's like, we could have had like NBC Presents How the Grinch Stole Christmas starring Leslie Jordan or starring literally anybody in the world. And they picked Matthew Morrison, which is just astonishing to me. So anyway, what was her other, her second one? Yeah, she also wanted to talk about Lindsay Mendes in general. And I think a more... A uh, concise thing to talk about Lindsay Mendes in general uh-huh. is the fact that her wizard and I. We'll talk about her wizard and I because I know you okay. want to. So the number one thing to make note of about Lindsay Mendes is that she corrects one of the clunkiest moments of the score, and that is "No father is not proud of you." That line does not scan correctly. It should be "No father is not proud of you," which is how Lindsay Mendes sings it. She says, "But I swear someday." there'll be instead of okay thank you for bringing it up no i i just like am gagged by the there'll choice because the only other album i know who does that is christine dwyer and i just don't understand why that's not like a top thing it doesn't make sense to me because this it's literally what's in the script is it though or is it they'll in the script tell me why the why the word they will because i you know there'll is like a common like english word so i think they'll is but she's saying i swear someday there will be no i know we should look at the contraction we have the score like anyway Lindsay mendez says there will be or there'll be which i believe is correct quincy believes is a choice no i believe it's a 
choice, but it's a correct choice. I just don't think that that's how it was like. I don't think that's how it's taught to the alphabets, you know. Because if it was something they cared about, then more alphabets would do. Yeah. Ooh. What's next? Kirk said, I think his name is Kirk, said your favorite alphabet option and your favorite Glinda option. I have both answers. You go first. I really got my favorite Glinda option first. Um, I can go first if you want. My favorite alphabet option is one that I can only think of one woman who has made this choice. Rachel Tucker. I'll stand there with a wizard feeling things I'd never felt. And though I'd never show it, I'd be so happy I could melt. And here's why it is correct. Because it is the end of the phrase. There is an exclamation point after it. And it is a punchline. You can, that is the trifecta of important musical theater language. It's almost cliched point too, Riff. And it's not like a very commonly done thing. Yeah. And I mean, it's, listen, if it's, if it is meant to be, Spoken, obvious yeah, and it's just, if it's meant to be spoken, then like I, I respect that. I'm sure there's like a justification behind it, but for me, that choice to to make it the most important word of the sentence by by singing it on the note value and riffing off of it is is so satisfying. Yeah. My favorite Galinda choice is a hundred percent any woman who has ever sang. There are bridges you crossed, you didn't know you crossed until you crossed. And if that joy, <gasps> that thrill, that is the choice to end all choices for me. Sure. What are your favorite choices? My favorite choices, I feel like, are a little surprising, honestly. I'm excited to hear them. <laughs> so, my favorite alphabet option, this is like kind of out of left field, is the second bring me down. I don't even know how to articulate what this choice is, but when they bring it up, they do a. Uh, <laughs> Oh, which Rossioli started doing on tour, and I was like, oh. I love when they do that, like descending, like, uh, is there is ever gonna bring me down, bring me down? That oh, I love sure, that. Sure. It's so deep and yummy. Yeah, no, I love but that. I love the all the way up too. Uh, my favorite Glinda option is actually well, there's two, and it's in thank goodness, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> It's when, well, I think it's because it's like more bouncy is the first one, is when Glinda bounce up, cross until you cross. Yeah, thank you, Helty. But my real favorite Glinda option is at the end of Thanksgiving, when she goes up, 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 up. Yeah, the optional touch note at the end. Exactly. Thank goodness for dude. I love when Quincy lets me talk. whole Glinda episode. I'll do it. You don't even have to do it with me. Let's just get a guest and I'll do a Glinda episode. You're going to cut me out? I am relieving you of the obligation. <laughs> um, let's switch gears. Ariana Grande's album, Positions, <laughs> came out. And here's the thing. Kevin and I are both Ariana Grande stands, but we don't talk about her a lot is what I was thinking We about. don't. But also Ariana Grande is a staple in the wicked... Sure. Universe. She is a she's on a an official wicked recording. Oh, that's very true. Nice time, Kevin. I think when Kevin and I were first becoming friends, we talked about Ariana Grande a lot because she's just really sweet now. Yeah. Um, but like weirdly sweet. Yes, and we watched we watched the God is a woman video together for the first time. Oh, that's right, because it came out over It came out. That's fateful summer. Yeah. Positions for a new album came out, and Kevin and I never really touched base on it. <clears throat> we didn't, because everything else was happening sure. at the same time. Sure. 
Um, I would love to hear what you thought of the album. I think that Physicians takes the best parts of Sweetener and the best parts of Thank You Next and combines them into a Act to Ariana Grande. Wow, that's kind of like spot on. I was going to say, obviously it sounds very Thank You Nasty, but I, it mm-hmm. does feel very much like a sweetener, yours truly, baby. Yeah, it's like, I feel like at face value, none of the songs are revelatory songs for her. They're all pretty much in her wheelhouse, you know what I mean? No. The feel of this album is... Oh. is Advanced, but not new, right? No, it's very Thank You Next Part 2. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reason why I don't hate that is because she's not a lot of, like, press where she's like, I just want to be able to release music when I want to release music. I don't want to have to do the whole build-up new era Yes. And so I'm like, if you're going to be giving us a new album under every year, then I'm fine if this isn't a completely new thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's fun to kind of watch her evolution happen in real time. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when I first came out, I was, like, a little underwhelmed. I was like, okay, we've heard this all. And then, like, as time went on, I realized I was, like, ironically just listening to it all the time. Yeah. And now, like, I can't stop playing it. And, like, I think every song is fantastic, except for a couple. I would say right now, Off the Table and Safety Net are the two that I kind of just, like, and I think it's because I don't care about a man singing. And I really uh-huh. think that's it. Yeah. Um, and but now I'm, like, I listen to it nonstop, and I think it's fantastic. I, yeah, I have nothing negative to say about it. It is just an album that I have to be in the mood to listen to. It's not something I can just, like, throw on because it's evergreen. Yeah. Let's talk about Ariana Grande for a second, though. There is a large movement on the internet for Ariana Grande to be Alphabet in the Wicked movie. Do you think that's a good idea? I'll go first. I'll lessen this blow for you. Do I I think she should be in the Wicked movie? No. I'll say it on record. Do I want to... An album where she sings every Wicked song. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Or she just she has a show tunes album, which I think is in the cards, actually. I, I think it's like going to take until she's 40. Yeah. <laughs> like, in a long time from now, she's going to give us, like, almost like a Gaga, Tony Bennett, Cheek to Cheek album. Love it. We're going to get that from I'm into it. it. Um, I love Ariana Grande. The only part I would want to see her as in the Wicked movie would maybe be Nessa Rose. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's a Nessa Rose. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm so perplexed and intrigued by the Wicked movie. I can't even begin to like think of what it would look like, and that's why I'm like, I don't want one. I just want it filmed on Broadway. I don't need to see your like try at like a Hollywood movie version of Wicked. You know? Yeah, I'm trepidatious about it. Yeah, guys, <laughs> <laughs> was this bonus enough for you guys? We're gonna lose all of our subscribers. <laughs> We would just like to say, like, thank you so much for being a part of our 2020. Honestly. This podcast uh, did wonders for each of us, I think, in in a lot of different ways. It was such a bright spot of this year. Yeah. So it has been so nice to work on something that brings both of us so much joy in a year that has been a little light on the joy factor. Yeah. And just like... I don't know. Like, we talk about this all the time, but, like, I think Kevin and I really thought that this was going to be, like, a passion project for us and, like, no one else would care about it. And so to see that, like, people actually care and people are, like, keeping up with this has been, like, really cool. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Sentimental Men. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Quincy Brown and Kevin Bianchi. Thanks to Julia DeMarzo for our thrillifying artwork. And thanks to you for tuning in. You can reach us at sentimentalmenpod at gmail.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at sentmenpod. That's S-E-N-T-M-E-N-P-O-D. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin. Do you know Lin-Manuel Miranda once said that he learned to sing listening to Anthony rap on the Red soundtrack and everything clicked into place for me? So much sense. It makes so much sense.